This is Dating Ourselves, the podcast that talks everything 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. I'm your host, Adam, and I'm joined by my co-host, Paul and Brian. Hello. Hey, guys. So here we are, episode seven, Total Request Deceased, most dad joke edition. (laughs) (laughs) If you missed last week, we covered the pinnacle of Macaulay Culkin's career with Richie Rich, the metal band The Darkness, and the always overrated but somehow yet enjoyable movie Armageddon. (laughs) Yeah. We've uh, covered topics ranging from glam metal to The Simpsons, and if you have a topic you'd like to hear, we'd like to remind everyone that you can visit our website at www.datingourselvespodcast.com or email us at datingourselvespodcast.aol.com to submit your topic ideas. We've got mail. (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) So guys, why do hamburgers fly south for the winter? I... I don't, I don't know. don't know. So they don't freeze their buns. <laughs> oh, dad jokes. Really, Paul? I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> not, not quite, Adam. That's actually my topic. Uh, Laffy Taffy, remember? Ah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay. On this week's episode of Dating Ourselves, we're covering the hilarious Wonka favorite, Laffy Taffy, America's roller coaster, Cedar Point, and the show everyone rushed off the bus to see after school, Total Request Live. Sounds good. Paul, why don't you start us off with some Cedar Point? Alright, so for the uninitiated, Cedar Point is an amusement park in Sandusky, Ohio. Um, Ugh, Ohio. <laughs> Near Callahan Auto Parts, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Brake pads for the American... How's that go? <laughs> <laughs> Something about a T-bone and a butcher, I don't remember. <laughs> You can well, get a good look at a role. you can get a good look at a roller coaster on YouTube. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but wouldn't you rather just take my word for it? That's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so Cedar Point is the second oldest operating amusement park in the United States, which I did not know oh. until I did a little yeah. bit of research before today. You want to take a guess as to when um, Cedar Point opened? Um. Uh, 1776. I was literally just going to say that. That's like so weird. (laughs) We're both history majors. Go figure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, George Washington uh, was the first one to ride the first roller coaster. That's actually what his wooden teeth were made out of, was actually from the mean streak. Uh, (laughs) 1870. Really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. So I never would have guessed that. I yeah, I I wouldn't have seen it coming. Although by you know some of the cars they have parked out front, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> if you've never been there, one of their non-thrill ride attractions is they have antique cars on a track, and it just goes around like a little village area. It it's. It's boring as hell to kids. And every, you know, last time I was there, I was probably like 15 or 16. And I started to enjoy it then. Looking back on it, like, you know, I always just like 18 or it was all like, you know, eight year old kids in these cars, like with pouty faces because it's barely moving. And all I can think of now in my 30s is like, holy crap, I want to get in that Model T and ride it all day. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. The only way you can probably afford one. Pretty much. <laughs> Now, something cool that I remember about the park is where it's located. It's literally on this little, I don't know if it's an island connected with a bridge or if it's like a little peninsula, but it's almost completely surrounded by Lake Erie. So very cool scenic wise. I don't know if it was a great idea in terms of, you know, park expansion, um, since you can't build more than what you have but um but i always thought that was really cool and from a lot of the roller coasters you're up so high and you look at basically every direction and it's just water 
And vomit. Yeah. Lots well. and lots of vomit. <laughs> Um, the park still has a world record 72 rides, uh, 16 which of are roller coasters. Um, the second most roller coasters in the world behind Six Flags Magic Mountain. Really? So, wow. and multiple times they have had the world record for the largest roller coaster. Not currently, I believe it's somewhere in Japan that currently has it, but uh, Millennium Force held it for a number of years. Millennium Force is a steel coaster, and it had an intense, like, straight-down vertical drop. It felt like you went up the track for, like, a solid five minutes. And if I, I, I'm trying to remember if you guys were there, but I was at, we, we I had a, definitely wasn't. We I was. had a, you were there? I definitely, oh, yeah, for sure. We had a school trip the week they opened it, and we were among the first people to ride it. And it was so new that they had a guy at the top of the peak, so they would bring all the carts up, and then they would like stop you so that you were look. If you were in the front car, you were just looking straight down at what appeared to be a near vertical drop. I mean, it's an optical illusion, but it was just insane. And there was a guy standing on a ledge, and he actually had like a hand lever, and he would just whip it back, and that would release the car. And you would take off oh my gosh i would i would just like to comment on that uh nope <laughs> no, 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 two no. handfuls of nope <laughs> um yeah seriously uh, all the nopes in the world i and almost I, didn't i almost didn't get to go on that trip i uh had a girlfriend at the time and this trip was like seventh or eighth grade I, I don't remember which one it was but i was in trouble for repeated offenses of public displays of affection which you know in, in, in middle school PDA. yeah which oh, in middle school geez, that was bro. like putting your arms around somebody or holding their hand as you walk to class like it had gotten to the point where i was supposed to get a saturday school uh and if i had gotten a saturday school i would not be able to go on this trip so i had to like i don't remember what it was it wasn't community service but it felt that way like i had to write like some paper about like <laughs> civic duty or you know I don't remember what it was, but I was so happy that I got to go on the trip because, yeah, the, the Millennium Force, man, that was intense. So I remember going up the whole way and I was, you know, strapped in. We waited like two hours for the ride um, and we were in the front car and I was geeked and we were almost all the way up. And the person sitting next to me pointed out that I still had my sunglasses on. Oh no. oh, no. And I freaked because uh, this was, you know, post-Mortal Kombat. So they weren't $500 sunglasses, but they felt like it. You know, right, I probably paid right. $40 for them, but they were that, like, French-style Johnny Cage. And yep. um, oh, nice. I I was desperately trying to reach them, but you're, they have a harness that comes down, and I just could not get my arms up high enough to reach them. So I actually don't remember a whole lot of the ride because I was, like, trying to use my mind powers to hold my sunglasses to my face as they slipped <laughs> up over my nose, and they were, like, in the widow's peak of my hair. And just like oh, dance there the whole time, and they they made it, but somehow you know it made it, but it was terrifying, and I I totally like it screwed the ride for me forever because I completely <laughs> didn't pay attention at all to what was going on. I was just focused on the you know forty dollars sunglasses. Now I'm trying to remember. I feel like the drive from where we grew up to Sandusky was about four hours, maybe, especially on a school bus. I thought it was more like six, but you're probably right. Um, it, it, I mean, it, I remember we left at like five or six in the morning. I mean, it may have been earlier than that, but it was definitely still dark out. Like we had to get dropped off to school super early. 
I remember it like rained the entire drive down there and everyone's just kind of like, oh my gosh, this is going to be terrible. Well, it had stopped raining by the time we got to the park and it didn't rain again the rest of the day. But everyone who like lives in, you know, northwestern Ohio that had planned to go that day just decided it's raining. Like, why would we go? And so the lines were super, super short. Obviously, for brand new rides like Millennium Force, those were those were some weights. But I remember getting on like the Raptor is one of those suspension roller coasters and i think i waited in line 10 minutes yeah yeah it was unbelievable yeah i think the biggest reason we had to wait in line if i remember right from millennium force wasn't that the line was that huge it's that they were testing it they kept running empty cars over and over Mm -hmm. again to assure Mm -hmm. it was ready Mm -hmm. because it was still brand new right that makes sense that makes sense so you mentioned the raptor you remember the corkscrew Oh, that's a classic, man. Yeah, that that's a that's a good one. I think that was my first upside down roller coaster was the corkscrew when I was like probably like nine or ten years old. Whenever I was finally got tall enough to ride one, that was the first one I rode. Yeah, so the corkscrew is exactly what it sounds like. You're in a uh, suspended car that dangles with you know. You sit on the uh, crotch strap that, you know, hurts to high heaven when they uh, lift you up (laughs) off the ground. And uh, it spins you around like a corkscrew. Yeah. You want to take a guess as to what year the corkscrew made its debut? 1998. (laughs) I'm going to say no. Uh, Samsonite. Where? 1960. 1976. Okay. All right. Wow. Wow. It made its debut at Michigan Adventure, which is now uh, Michigan Adventure. Back then, I think it was, um, what was it, Deer Friend Family Fun Park or something like that. Michigan Adventure is another Michigan amusement park that is owned by the same company and is a slightly smaller version. They debuted the Corkscrew in 1978, and it was assembled by the same company. And I was kind of surprised. I never realized, even when they were separate companies, how many of the same rides they were working on in tandem. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize that either. It does make sense, though. It definitely feels very similar to the corkscrew at Cedar Point. So Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. Remember the Gemini? I actually have a story about the Gemini, and this was actually before. This, this predates us. Um, but apparently my dad and his brother and a few other people back in, like, the 70s or 80s, they went to, uh, to Cedar Point. I'm trying to remember if it was my uncle or if it was one of their friends, but someone was not feeling well. And, they, you know, they're in these cars racing each other, you know, because the, the thing about the Gemini, you know, it's, it's the twins. So it's it's two roller coasters. It's a wooden roller coaster with two roller coasters that race each other. And, yep, a red and a blue. Yeah. And so it's all about, you know, which one comes first. And so you kind of have a little bit of a competition going on between the two cars. And apparently someone threw up on, on the blue car. And oh. <laughs> you hear, like, people going, like, ah! <laughs> ah! And all of a sudden, like, oh, oh God! Oh, oh! <laughs> oh God. So, which which car was your dad in? I think he was in the other car because I think that was part of the thing. Is they wanted to race. I can't remember if it was my uncle or if it was one of his friends that got sick. But someone got sick on themselves and like the four cars behind them. Uh, <laughs> oh. Care to venture a guess when the the racing Gemini made its debut? I'm gonna say that's a pretty old one. I'm gonna say like like 1950. 1978. Um, really? Wow. I, I should have waited for Adam on that one. Sorry. 
he was just going to say 98 so again. Right. That's like his, <laughs> his year for some reason. <laughs> I, I was trying to carry the two real quick. So I'm going to jump just for a quick because uh, there was we talked about um, Millennium Force and how we were there the day that it opened in... I almost said the year. So Shivering Timbers is a Michigan adventure roller coaster that was all wood. And at the time of its debut, it was the largest wood coaster in the United States. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys remember this, but I'm pretty sure all three of us were there for that opening day as well. Yeah, that was an elementary school trip. Oh, wait. Yes, I was. You're right. I did go on that trip. I I knew you were there because you sat next to me. (laughs) <laughs> yes yes you're, you're correct <laughs> but yeah i definitely remember that because yeah michigan adventure it's it's in muskegon which is about an hour hour and a half from where we grew up in grand rapids but yeah that's a, a place i i've been there so many times and i know for a fact it's a topic in the hopper so we can talk about the specifics of the park um another time but i know there's a really good story uh, that paul's <laughs> about to share and i I wasn't there when it happened. I only saw the aftermath. So I think Paul definitely needs to share this story with the world. So the biggest reason that I keep segueing to Michigan Adventure is because one of my favorite amusement park stories of all time is we're on this fifth grade trip. We were all hyped up on sugar. Everyone was really excited. And Michigan Adventure is three parks in one. Um, It has a water park that's a large part of it as well as the roller coasters. I remember specifically we were coming out of the wave pool and everywhere they have posted these solid steel, rusty as hell, no running signs right (laughs) next to the water. And I remember a certain classmate, he was running to go get an inner tube so that we could get on a water slide and he just booked it right into the no running sign (laughs) and sliced his arm wide open. Oh, he needed like stitches or something, right? Yeah, Yeah. I think he had like, uh, it was like 10 stitches or more. And at that point (laughs) in my life, I think that was the most amount of blood I'd ever seen. And I am ashamed to admit I laughed for so long. In fact, as I'm picturing it, I'm still laughing. (laughs) And I'm horrible for that, I know. To be fair, we were not laughing at that classmate getting injured. It was more the irony. Of running into a no running sign. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, that's actually what I was going to just mention, is that Alanis Morissette could learn a lot from this uh, particular (laughs) scenario for what actual irony is. But uh, <laughs> it's not right on your wedding day. It's running into a no running sign. That's irony. Uh, <laughs> that is, that's but had that not happened, and had we not been forced to leave the pool area while he was being attended to, we well, would not. And have they been mopped able to... up the big mess. <laughs> and, and they mopped yeah. up the big mess. We wouldn't have been able to ride Shivering Timbers. That's because true. it was yeah. it was a new launch, and they had said they weren't going to run it. And then someone at the end of the day was like, "Okay, we're clear. We're going to do you know ten runs before close or whatever." If you've never been on a wood roller coaster, it's an insane experience because it rattles the entire time, and the oh, cart yeah. bounces it's, on the track, yeah. and it's definitely <laughs> unique. And in this area, wood roller coasters are quite popular, but in other places in the U.S., they're kind of rare. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that has to do with the maintenance because they have to test them constantly. They have to replace wood. Uh, they don't always weather the best. Right. Yeah. But, that co- I've never been on that coaster. I didn't go that day. I've never been on that coaster. Uh, and I probably will never go on that coaster because just the whole idea of going on a wood roller coaster kind of skeeves me I out. I swear you sat next to me. 
I, I did because I've never been on Shivering Timbers. Huh. I, 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 yeah, I, in fact, I'm pretty sure the only roller coaster I've been on at Michigan Adventures was the Corkscrew, I believe. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I'm not a big roller coaster person. I, I don't do well with the drops. Like, I don't know. I just don't like them. I mean, a lot of people don't. As I've gotten older, I can ride less and less of them. Like my in-laws, they live in Virginia, which is, you know, uh, where they live is about a two or three hour drive from Williamsburg, which is where Bush Gardens is. Every year, every summer, they always want to go. And the first summer we went, like four or five years ago, I think I rode every single roller coaster. And each year I've progressively ridden fewer and fewer of them because it just, I th- that's that's something that I've read about. Like there's like an inner ear balance that gets more and Uh more temperamental as you get older i don't know all the specific science behind it but and that would that would make sense i've always had ear issues from having uh so many ear infections when i was younger that i've always had like ear problems like even flying is like torture for me because my ears are constantly changing pressure so that would (laughs) that would make sense yeah I mean, if As, you try to remove your head from your butt, that might help. I don't know. But. Oh. oh. <laughs> I, I never thought about trying that before. As the oldest one here, I think you are both crazy. It, now, now that I'm older, I, I try and ride more roller coasters than ever. Now that I'm, you know, like a 300-pound person, it's not as easy as it used to be. You know, getting on a roller coaster for me now is I get to the top and the college kid that's working there for the summer is like, I don't think this harness is going to fit you, sir. I'm like, I will if you put your foot on it, son. <laughs> Make it so. Make because it I'm so. going down that hill. <laughs> now, uh, one of my favorite past rides from cedar point was the demon drop and that's one that they (laughs) no longer have Um, but that was basically what the tower of terror in disney world is but with no frills you literally just went up and you came straight down and it was uh sounds horrible it was absolutely (laughs) terrifying but yeah it was it was amazing too did you guys have any uh, any particular favorite rides? That sounds like Adams might have been like the the swan boats, but um. <laughs> well, no, I, I've, so I've never actually been to Cedar Point. Wow. Yeah. No i I was never big into roller coasters or anything like that, so it never interested me. And you know, my parents weren't about to drive, you know, five six hours or whatever it was from GR over there. To have me not go on any of the rides. So yeah, if we that ever makes did sense. That, that makes sense. Yeah, if we ever did that, we went to Michigan Adventures for the water park and stuff. Challenge yeah. accepted. <laughs> Steel Vengeance comes out in May eighteen or May twenty eighteen. It's going to be the new world's largest roller coaster. You and I are going to be on that puppy in the front car. Oh yeah. You guys have fun riding that. I will be <laughs> anywhere but the state of Ohio, uh, <laughs> avoiding that. Roller coaster like the plague. I forgot about you in the state of Ohio. Well, no, I, I mean, that, that's not why I'm avoiding. I'm just. Does Adam I, have I'm a rap not- sheet I'm not aware of? Like- <laughs> <laughs> no, Paul got to discover my uh, my views on that state uh, when we were driving back from Texas, actually, uh, last summer. He came down and visited me, and we were driving back, and we had to drive through Ohio for a few minutes. 
it was literally a few minutes. We had to cross the Ohio River and then turn into Indiana. So we're talking like maybe 20 minutes at the most. He switched places with me, so I drove, and he put a blanket over his head the entire time we were in the state of Ohio. <laughs> I, I just couldn't bring myself to see that. I mean, as a as a lifelong Michigan State fan and now a Michigan State alum, I, I have less than favorable feelings uh, for Ohio. But at the same time, every time I've been there, like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is awesome in Cleveland. I remember going to some type of air and space museum in Dayton when I was a kid. Uh, Cedar Point is like the, one of the crowning gems of America. <laughs> it, it, it's 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 really hard. Like I can still hate the Buckeyes, but it's still it's really hard to like hate Ohio as much as I feel like I'm supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. I uh I've just I've I've never particularly had good experiences there. The few times I have been there, I've been to uh a couple of the places there and I've just haven't had great experiences in that state. So no offense to anybody <laughs> that does actually live in that state. I have nothing against the people who live there. I just don't particularly care for it. Well, this derailed quickly. Yes. <laughs> no no so, pun intended, right? For roller coasters. <laughs> <laughs> so real quick to finish up, since we mentioned Shivering Timbers, what year about do we think that was? Shivering Timbers had to come out in... Wait, 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 wait. 1998? Bing, bing, bing. Ah, yes, you're going to be right I eventually. You're going to be right eventually. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I knew if I kept guessing that date, it would come up eventually. That's so, so funny. Last thing I want to mention before we move on to um, Brian and Laffy Taffy is at Michigan Adventure, they have a Zach Zoomer um, roller coaster, which is a much smaller wooden roller coaster. Mm-hmm. It yeah. feels very old, very rickety. It goes at the speed that Adam would appreciate. Uh, <laughs> I actually, I, now that I think about it, now that you mention it, I have been on Zach Zoomer's before, and Brian has a very funny picture of me on that ride. I do, I do. <laughs> <laughs> would you would you care to explain? It's uh, it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's one of those pictures that it was a perfectly timed photo of me like going to sit down in the seat. So I'm still kind of in that hunched over position. And you're smiling. Like it's a huge, like cheese smile. Yes. Yeah. Cause I saw him taking the picture. So I was like, Hey, and then there's a kid behind me, uh, crying, like bawling his eyes out. Inches from your butt, inches from your butt. (laughs) (laughs) So so Brian may have made a uh, comment when that picture was published about me breaking some wind and, and upsetting the child behind behind me <laughs> yeah I, I took another picture on that trip like i don't know if you got like water in your wallet or something like that but you're like looking in your wallet in a different picture like you have the most disgusted look on your face it's like <laughs> it looks like someone I, pooped in your billfold you know <laughs> <laughs> oh i do remember that picture i have no idea why i was making that face <laughs> yeah so since we all admit that that is a very old looking rickety roller coaster do we want to venture yes. a guess as to what year it came out in uh, Which one are we talking about? Zach Zoomers. Zach Zoomers. Oh, Zach Zoomers. Uh, I'm going to say 1963. Brian? I'm going to say 1964. Oh, you're that guy. <laughs> you're that guy on The Price is Right, aren't you? I'm going to say $1, Bob. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say that Brian is closer, but it uh, was actually 1994. And really? Now- and now that I know that, I will never ride it again because it looks so old. <laughs> it did not hold yes. up well. 
No. No. It I mean, at least that one's not that tall. It certainly doesn't seem that big when you're on it. What's your uh, favorite Cedar Point ride, Paul? So my favorite Cedar Point ride is probably um, Magnum. I was literally just going to say that was mine, and then I remember that the Mantis was a thing. Um, but <laughs> the Magnum, that almost has like an inverted drop from what I remember. Like it's so steep, it yep. actually breaks vertical. Um, yes. Oh, and then immediately after the drop, you go through a tunnel or something. Like it's 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 pretty they do crazy. A really good, they do a really good job of making you think you're going to lose your hands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, they have a thing they do every year for Halloween where they stay open late the entire months of September and October. And there's a bunch of Halloween themed stuff. And they're open until like midnight. And uh, we we did that one year. That was the very last roller coaster we rode. And so it's absolutely pitch black. Uh, you don't even know where the end of the hill is. Like you can't even anticipate that it's happening. <laughs> oh. It was it was the worst decision I've probably made, um, other than you know maybe potentially picking Laffy Taffy for my topic this week. But uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but that yeah, sounds my, amazing. My all time favorite ride uh, at Cedar Point was the Mantis, and it's the first time I think the only time I've ever ridden a stand up roller coaster. So most roller coasters, you're either sitting down. Or you're suspended, like with the thing under your butt and under your arms. But this, you're actually standing upright the entire time, which gives you like this really, really weird sense of balance. Kind of hard to anticipate when the turns and the loops and stuff are going to happen. And you can't really brace yourself for it because you're standing upright. And I'm sad to say it's no longer there. It has been retired. It has been retired in order to build new coasters. Yeah, that's like I said, that's the problem. It's like stuck right in the middle of Lake Erie. So if they want to add rides, they have to get rid of old ones. So ah, that's too bad. I, I had a lot of fun riding that. I guess the last time I was there was like 2011. And I, I remember that being a lot of fun. So Adam, do you have a favorite ride that you were terrified of? He's never been nope, to Cedar I've Point. Never <laughs> I've never been inside the park, so I have no idea any of the rides, what they're like. Well, since I hijacked the second topic and equally talked about Michigan Adventure, I'll let you choose a Michigan Adventure ride. Uh, well, considering... Are, wait, are we talking uh, Water Park or the... Yeah, either or. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd say probably the Snake Pit. That one is pretty cool. Uh, if you've never been to uh, Michigan Adventures, the Snake Pit is just one of those, like, water park inner tube rides where you go down uh and stuff like that but it's pitch black when you go through it's kind of a cool ride i I always like that one is that one that you do solo or is that like the family ride one i believe you can do both i think i think i think think you're right i think there's two lines yeah that makes sense yeah i think there's like you can go to uh because there the reason it's called the snake pit is because there's three different tubes that kind of intersect each other. Not not like obviously like going through the exact same spot. That could be really bad. But like the, the tubes themselves kind of like go around each other and like up and over one or under one. Yeah. Uh, so it kind of looks like snakes that are uh, slithering around each other. Um, so I, if I remember correctly, like one or two of them are single and then one of them you can go down as a larger group, like, a you know, two or three people. Yeah. And then there was actually another one I uh, really liked, too. I can't remember the name of it now, but it actually was added um, when when we went the the last time, Brian, when we went like in like 2006 or whatever it was, six, or 2007, yeah. something like that. Yeah, uh, we, we went on that. It was like the tunnel or the funnel something or other. Oh, yeah, you, like, yeah, yeah. You went down uh, like you were in a group of four and you went down. 
this like chute and it dropped you into this giant open like funnel thing and uh depending on like how much momentum you got you'd go further and further up the side of this funnel area and then you'd keep kind of going back and forth uh that one was pretty cool that was that was a fun ride that was cool (laughs) so yeah that's that's what i got (laughs) Well, now that I've taken up like half the show with America's Roller Coaster, (laughs) um, what do you got about Laffy Taffy, Brian? (laughs) So uh, Laffy Taffy, it was a song by uh, D4L, released in 2005. That is not what I'm going to be talking about, though. Um, If you want to shake your Laffy Taffy, by all means, proceed. Laffy Taffy is made by Nestle, uh, but it's sold under the Willy Wonka Candy Company brand. It was first introduced in the 1970s, and there's four main flavors. There's yellow, which is banana, there's red, which is cherry, there's green, which is sour apple, there's pink, that's strawberry. There's two a little less common flavors, which blue was blue raspberry, purple was grape, and then there's some really crazy flavors too, which I don't know if I've ever seen in real life, but there's like a caramel apple one, there is uh, apple crisp, cinnamon donut, there's apparently a pumpkin donut one. Lots of pumpkin really... spice. I don't know if they've done that yet. <laughs> I could run it by Starbucks and see if that's something they'd be interested in. And there's a bunch of other ones where they have like little pieces of like nerds in them. There's ones that have like sparkles and all sorts of crazy huh. stuff. But the main ones, they're about I don't know, maybe two inches long, and it's just um, you know taffy. It's like sugary, chewy. It's kind of like gum, except you're supposed to swallow it. Um, <laughs> It's best known for having jokes on the inside of the label. And they're typically puns or I think, I don't know if they still do it this way, but I think people used to submit jokes like kids who are allowed to write jokes in and the best jokes could be put in the label. Does that sound right? I think that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have a list here of some Laffy Taffy jokes I'm going to have both Adam and Paul see if they can get the correct answer. And the first one to three <laughs> Ooh. gets to pick. fight to the death. Sure. You get to pick your prize. Um, so <laughs> Nostalgia so, combat. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first one is why is a bad joke like a bad pencil? Uh, I, it, because it's dull. Paul, you got a guess? I don't. Adam was pretty close, so I'll give you the point, but it's because it has no no point. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Well played, Nestle. (laughs) (laughs) Why was the cat afraid of the tree? Hmm. It was for real? (laughs) Adam, you have a guess? (laughs) Uh... I I got nothing. I can't come up with anything. The cat was afraid of the tree because of its bark. (laughs) So no one gets any points for that. How do you get a baby alien to sleep? Uh, Think about lullabies. Think about lullabies. The claw. (laughs) You rock it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was that was bad. (laughs) <laughs> how do you how do you communicate with a fish? Uh, this is kind of twisted, actually. Gillies, <laughs> uh, I don't. You drop it a line. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one last one, double or nothing. What has no legs but can do a split? 
a banana. Oh, Adam, you got you got it. So woo, awesome. Um, best that's around. that's about all I have on Laffy Taffy. Um, <laughs> I guess. Do you guys have any memorable stories with Laffy Taffy? Anything you'd like to share? It's destroyed a lot of my braces over the years. <laughs> yeah. I believe yeah, that. I, I just, like, the only thing I really remember about Laffy Taffy is I would always get Laffy Taffy or um, Airheads mm-hmm. at um, Terry Hall, the, the roller rink. Oh, the roller rink, rink. yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I, I used to, when before I met you guys, I actually used to live uh, just down the street from Terry Hall, and so uh, that was something I would go do quite a bit, especially since one of my friends at the time really liked roller skating mm-hmm. too, so we'd always go hang out there. So that, you know, we'd always go raid the concession stand and get Laffy Taffy and Airheads and stuff like that. That's I'm picturing awesome. you and your friends skating, listening to Brand New Key, the lights are dimmed. <laughs> <laughs> some, some Casey and JoJo. The, oh, there you my go. life. <laughs> I think well, that's a wrong get, decade. I was gonna well, say, that was I the 90s. That, that, that was the 90s. That was a little later in the That's 90s. True. That was by the That's time true. I met you guys, though. It was probably like ba- uh, Boys to Men or something at that yep. point. Yep. <laughs> uh, the only real uh, connection I ever had with Laffy Taffy, because I remember like getting it for like Halloween candy and stuff like that, but for whatever reason, I just really didn't eat much of it as a kid. But I was in a band in high school, and for whatever reason, one of the guys always used to come over, and he would bring like a whole like Costco-sized bag of Laffy Taffy, and so we would just eat while we were like writing and practicing and stuff like that. And back then, uh, my parents had a dog named Eddie. And Eddie, he was like a, <laughs> he was a very big Yorkshire Terrier. Um, he was probably like was. 15, 20 pounds. So he was, he was pretty substantial for his breed. And he had a lot of attitude. Um, <laughs> his, his bite definitely matched his bark. And I can attest to that. <laughs> yes, yes. As, as can uh, Jake. Yeah, and that's actually the story I was going to tell, is that Jake always <laughs> used to bring, he, he played bass in the band, and he always used to bring the Laffy Taffies. Uh, well, one day we were heading out for a show, so he's got his bass in one hand, and he's got, like, the head of his amp in the other hand, like, under his arm, and he's trying to, like, make his way through the door. He didn't want to open the door the whole way and have the dog run out. But the dog was more interested in other things than the yard, and he got up behind Jake, and he bit him behind his left leg, and he was hanging there, like behind his knee, in midair, <laughs> dropped down, went up behind his right knee, jumped up, bit him, hanging in midair, dropped down, and then took off through the other room and out like the kitchen. Um, <laughs> so, so here's the best part of, of that story. Uh, I had probably talked to Brian on the phone about 10, 15 minutes prior to this happening, and oh yeah you came by the like, house yeah, yeah. I, I did i came by the house uh because they were having band practice that day or something i was gonna come hang out with them and um i lived like from the back porch of my house uh, my parents house you can actually see the house that brian lived in at the time uh but it took me a little longer to walk through because there was fences and stuff like that put up so i had to walk around so i'm walking up and as I as I'm walking up, before I even like get up to the door, the garage starts opening, and I see the the basses from Brian's band 
with his pants around his ankles and blood coming out of the back of his legs. I was so confused as to what was going on. I was like, what did I just get myself into here? Well, my brother was the drummer, and he's trying to dress these wounds because they're like behind his knees, and I guess they were tough to reach or something like that. And so my brother is like down on one knee with like a sponge or something, like dabbing up the like blood and stuff <laughs> as the garage door opens <laughs> i was like uh do, do i do i turn around and leave now because this is th- this is weird something something strange is going yeah. on at the the household today yeah zed's dead baby <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh the most I shocking did. part of that story is to find out you were in a high school band. Right, right. I, feel I like never we, would have seen that one coming. Yeah, we, no. we've definitely never brought up any of that uh, in any of these past episodes. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's about all that I have for Laffy Taffy. So while Paul went way over on time, I think we ended up netting even. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so... Laffy Taffy, they had a bunch of puns and, like, dad-type jokes, the super corny, chicken-cross-the-road type stuff. And they were tasty. And you had to be careful if you brought them to someone's house, their little dog could could bite the bite the crap out of you. So, um, <laughs> well, Adam, I think that leaves you in the number one spot to... Uh, yeah, to, main event time, baby. To, it's time to talk about Total Request Live. That's right. Yes. So, for those of you who don't remember it or were too young to ever watch this show, Total Request Live, or as it was commonly referred to, TRL, was a show that debuted on MTV back when MTV actually played music and not reality TV series. Yeah, what does the uh, uh, what does the M in MTV stand for now? Uh, mayhem. <laughs> yes. Mis- yeah, I'm sure. Miscellaneous. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's the only thing I can think of. Uh, so it actually debuted on September 14th, 1998, and ran through November 16th of 2008. So it actually was on for a full 10 years. Wow. Yeah, and, and actually I learned, I wasn't aware of this, it actually has made a comeback on MTV. It is now on again as of this year. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't I know that either. I, I know nothing about it. I haven't seen it. I haven't heard anything about it. And since that is out of our era that we're talking about, I really didn't feel like it was my job to look it up. Do, uh... <laughs> and thus proving the point that we are old and disconnected. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now, do they still have that same host that no one's ever heard of? Uh, no, they do not have the same host. And the host he is referring to would be the one and only Carson Daly, who was the host for the, basically the, for lack of a better term, and to officially date ourselves, the classic years of uh, TRL. Uh, He's, uh, so I didn't realize this until I was looking it up, but he actually was hosting uh, a different version of the show prior to this because uh what what i wasn't aware of trl actually was a combination of two different tv shows that used to be on the show on there it was mtv live and total request and he was the host of total request which at the time was a like it was basically just him in a empty studio and he would introduce the music videos that were popular at the time. And it was called Total Request because unlike a lot of other 
shows or other channels like VH1 or whatever. Uh, this wasn't picked by any industry people or anything like that. They would always do it based off of fan submissions or fan requests. And so uh, that's that's hmm. essentially what the idea behind the show was, is they uh, w- when they combined MTV Live and Total Request, they essentially made it a show where there was a live studio audience. Carson Daly was there hosting, um, and they would have actors and musicians and celebrities come on to do promotions for whatever they were promoting at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then throughout the show as well, they would play the top 10 music videos as voted on by the fans. And you could do this either through the internet or... Or back when people actually used those confangled phones that, <laughs> that we used to use. hooked to your kitchen wall, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You could, you could use that and you could dial these numbers and then you could tell them, hey, I want to see this music video. And so that was the, the premise of it. You would go on, uh, you know, it was on, uh, I think it was on like Monday through Thursday or something like that, if I remember correctly. You could go on and watch it and they would have people on uh, talking and they'd have the fans in there hanging out watching yeah. it and uh interacting with Carson Daly he'd go and ask questions and stuff uh but then they would also play the top 10 music videos of that time period or that particular day uh, one. yeah they change it every yeah. day yeah 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 absolutely now uh are there any particular musicians bands songs whatever that you remember hearing about because of TRL corn I was literally just yeah. going to say that Paul and I are like on like a, a unimind today. Um, uh, yeah, that very, very first time that I had really been introduced to Corn. I mean, they uh, kind of made a lot of news in Michigan because there was a nearby high school where a kid had worn a Corn shirt to school and apparently the school administration figured it was gang related and he got suspended. And there's a whole like, I think there was even a Supreme Court case that it led to about First First Amendment like rights that. and stuff like that. I think it was in Zealand or Holland or some, some community near us. But the first time I actually got to experience Korn's actual music as opposed to my mom hearing a news story and forbidding me to listen to them <laughs> was that Freak on a Leash music video. Um, yeah, which is unbelievable, by the way. Yeah, I, I'm sure that Korn is one of the topics in the hopper of imagination, so I won't get into too much detail, but it's basically drawn up like a very dark, 90s comic and um it's these kids like escaping from some type of fenced in facility and this security guard i'm trying to remember i think he's like trying to stop the kids and he doesn't want to shoot them and he like drops the gun or something like that and it fires and it goes off and the bullet rips through the pages of this comic Uh out through a poster into the real world and it's like going through like a million different things like it goes through like a car at one point i think it pops a balloon at one point and then there's this room where the band is playing and it's literally just a room that's completely pitch black except for thousands of, of bullet holes where lights mm-hmm. coming through and the bullet eventually makes it to them we'll talk about what happens you know once corn gets drawn but uh it is a yeah. super iconic music video i think it's still considered one of the top 10 most mm-hmm. influential music videos of all time it was yeah. huge at the time. I mean, it's still huge now, but I just mean at the time it was absolutely groundbreaking. I can oh, still yeah. remember watching it for the first time. And for me, well, that especially... was actually what brought me to TRL. I think that's why I kept watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and especially, uh, too, the, the part that you were mentioning, Brian, where it's following the bullet as it's going through everything. That was such a cool 
part, like that's actually the part that stuck with me. I, I couldn't remember exactly the context of that, but I remembered that specific point of it. Like the, you know, the camera following the bullet as it was going through all of these different things. Yeah. 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 And uh, actually it's funny that you guys bring up corn because one of the things I was going to mention uh, obviously, you know, uh, being a musician and being, uh, you know, like a, uh, someone in a band or, or, or a group at the time or, or a single artist or whatever, it was really big if you could reach number one on TRL. Like that was a oh, big yeah. thing because that meant that like people were really enjoying what you were doing. They were really digging it. Um, and Korn actually was the first non-pop artist to reach number one on TRL. The the previous really? ones, I actually listed them. I, I uh, the, Online, they actually had a list of every song that ever reached number one. Um, and I went through and wrote the artist down. I'm not going to go through all of them because there's quite a bit. But I'll, for, for it being on for 10 years, you'd actually be surprised at how few artists there are on that list because so many of them were on their multiple times uh so like groups like or, or artists like britney spears in mm-hmm. sync backstreet boys uh eminem hansen christina aguilara like all of them were on multiple times for various uh songs that they had uh but then you also hansen? had really yeah hansen had hansen wasn't as much as the other ones but hansen had probably two or three hits when they first came out. Obviously, Mbop and then... Was Mbop um, like, in the same time period? I thought that, that might have been before, but... No, uh, Hanson was uh, 19... Oh, it might have been. You're right. I think you're right, because uh, Hanson, I think, was like, when they first came out, was maybe 95, I guess. 96, yeah, something like that. Because I think... Yeah, because yeah, I think it... Uh, they're album came out either when we were in third grade or fourth grade something like that but anyway uh they they had a couple hits that were on there but uh what was kind of interesting is you know outside of the pop artists and stuff like that you did have some other bands and groups that were kind of interesting that made it on there dr dre actually was on there Outcast made it on there, obviously for Hey Ya. Uh, Blink One Eighty Two, some Forty One. Oh, that's another big one. Blink One Eighty Two. Um, oh, absolutely. What's my age again? Um, yep. That I mean, they they were fairly well known in in the you know pop punk community at that point with songs like Damn It and you know Josie and stuff like that. But yep. what's my age again? Where they literally just ran around some town completely naked. um that like shot them to the moon and back oh yeah and that's still considered to be like one of their most classic songs like i know most people know them for um all the small things off of that same album i was gonna say that was the single that followed it and i remember that being a really iconic video too because it was making Mm -hmm. fun of a lot of like the typical uh boy band music video tropes so like guys standing there like the like the silky shirts with like the glamour shot background, and then they would smile, and their teeth would like be all like rotted hillbilly teeth, or they'd have you know, um, <laughs> like yeah, they uh, that was the thing is like 
as someone who was like learning to play guitar in like the mid to late 90s it wasn't really a great time for contemporary music because i mean you had bands like corn and limp biscuit and stuff like that and that was kind of the stuff that you would root for um just because it was the closest thing to like what you were into as well and those acts i mean it took forever for them to get past like an lfo and it's like man this guy's singing about like sonnets and uh yeah. abercrombie and fitch and getting food poisoning from chinese food and like it's it's <laughs> how, how is this better than like i i don't know <laughs> yeah no i i agree uh but again you also the especially on trl the definite uh group that it was shooting for was like young kids basically you know like eight to probably about 12 13 something like that for most of this stuff because if you look at it not like i'd say 80 percent of the artists on here are pop artists uh that made it to number one uh like the ones i mentioned before ricky martin o-town uh who, who was around for a very short amount of time but even like <laughs> late, late even later into the the run you're still looking at uh like your american idol winners like Catherine mcphee and daughtry Chris Brown. Yeah, see, uh, I'm thinking of like like Cisco and Shaggy. Yeah, and yeah, you know, oh, yeah. I don't know if I necessarily consider their songs to be targeted to the eight to thirteen year old demographic, <laughs> well, that, like the Thong song. But but, um, but but I, but I definitely I'm agree saying, with you, though. It's def- it was definitely more of that bubblegum kind of stuff. Like it was right, very much like, like the Britney, that was Britney, Britney rock. Yeah, Br- yeah, Britney Spears and stuff like that. Which I think it wasn't it, me. Had it had it not been for TRL, like I mean, people talk about you know bands like Def Leppard and what MTV did for them, or like Madonna and what MTV did for her. Um, yeah. But someone like Britney Spears would have been a pretty big name just with radio, with radio and MTV. But with radio, MTV, and TRL, I mean, she was oh yeah constantly in the top five, if not in the top you know spot I- week after week. I would say, uh, looking through that list, she probably had the most weeks uh, out of anybody at wow. number one. Uh, you, you know, with all the, hit, I mean, every one of her hits uh, for those years, like "Baby One More Time" and "Stronger," and I, I don't uh, remember all of them, but I just yeah. remember seeing her name pop up again and again and again. And same with like "In Sync" and "Backstreet Boys" for a while. And then, like, Eminem was kind of the one that carried it on uh, a lot after that. Because I would be really interested to see what some of those lists are. Because there's a lot of those artists that, like, oh, yeah, I remember, yeah, Britney Spears, you know, Baby One More Time. Okay, yeah, okay, got that. But then there's, like, songs that, like, what's the one that she did about being, like, the the rock star lifestyle? Uh, Lucky, I think is what? Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, that Sometime song where she's, like, eating an ice cream cone or something. I, I'm trying to remember what the yeah. music video is, but there's like so many of those songs that were like huge at the time that like literally nobody thinks about anymore. Right. <laughs> um, but the reason those were so popular was because of the music videos. Oh, like especially, sure. especially maybe one more time, obviously uh, was really popular. And then I can't think of the name of it now, but the first single off her second album where in the music video she was wearing that red cat suit, kind of like what Black Widow wears in the the, uh, Avengers movies, like that just tight leather outfit, like those two, like those were on the charts for for weeks and weeks and weeks compared to other songs or other bands, uh, stuff that came on TRL. 
Is your list by the number of times an artist made the number one, or is it by how many weeks the song was number one? Well, the or- the one I'm looking at, uh, that's just any band or artist that reached number one at any point during the run of TRL. Gotcha. Yeah. You remember so the did- Goodbye Earl controversy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the Dixie Chicks. Dixie right? Chicks. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep, I remember that, was... that being solid at it was if it wasn't number one, it was in the top ten for a solid month. And I yeah. I I love the Dixie Chicks, but I have to wonder how far they would have made it into the public eye if there hadn't been the controversy around the Goodbye Earl music video. Yeah. Well and, and they you know, they certainly hurt their the reputation. Their popularity. Yeah. Yeah. And their reputation with a lot of their outspoken political talk, too. Uh, they, they weren't exactly the most popular uh, people when it came to politics and stuff at the time. So, yeah, those two kinds of things combined hurt their career a little bit. But oh, I, I agree with that. Just do you think they would have become as popular as they were during that time period, if not for the controversy surrounding the music video? Probably not. I think that got them a lot of attention. Well, let's, I mean, let's I re- talk about that controversy a little bit. I'm not sure if all of our f- listeners are familiar with yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so basically the song Goodbye Earl is um, about a woman in an abusive relationship, and she and her best friend conspire to kill her husband, and they get away with it. Um, yeah. The music video mm-hmm. depicts them poisoning him, if I remember correctly, and then they bury him in the backyard. Yep, yep. Yeah, And because he was such a disliked person, nobody really questioned it when they just said he left and they got away with it. And as far as like songs go, there's all sorts of country songs about, you know, disappearing lovers. So it's not like terribly taboo of a topic, but they actually depicted it in the music video. And right. I remember at the time, you know, it was on CNN and they were showing clips from it. It like, is this what you want your children watching on primetime television? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, all I can remember is my parents going, this is an awesome song. <laughs> <laughs> now, do, do you guys remember the solo careers of the new kids on the block? Are, like, oh, yeah. Both Jordan Knight and uh, Joey McIntyre were on yep. TRL. And I've always thought that was really interesting because like, they would like sneak in at like number like eight for like a day or two. And then Britney Spears would come out with a new album. Or, I mean, at the time... Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Lopez was huge too, and she would come out oh, with yeah. something else. It's like, forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those guys are gone, so yeah. we're never going to see them. Again. Uh, who's uh, Joey McIntyre? Like, forget about it. Tenacious D was... made it into the top ten once. Yes, they did uh, with, with Wonder Boy. <laughs> Wonder Boy, yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, the that's other wild. one, uh, the other uh, two bands that I was going to mention too, uh, that I actually remember uh, hearing about uh, or finding because of TRL, were Muse and Coheed and Cambria. Muse, of course, uh, became really popular after their song Knights of Cydonia came out off of their Black Holes and Revelations album. That was a cool music video. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a, a spacey, western yeah. kind of mix. It was kind of interesting. It had a lot to do with, uh, if you know the history of Matt Bellamy, who's the lead singer and uh, guitar player for Muse, his dad actually was one of the bands that kind of invented that spacey Western style of music. And so it was kind of a, a callback to that. And then huh. uh, Co- Coheed and Cambria, who if you listen to 
progressive rock or like comic books or anything like that, you've probably heard of them because of the fact that they have a whole slew of albums. I think it's five or six albums, something like that, that all uh, tie into a single story that they have about a big war that happens. And uh, they, they became really popular once, I think it was their third album came out. And I remember hearing about them for the first time when a I can never remember uh, the correct name. It's either a Flavor House Atlantic or a Favor House Atlantic. Uh, but whatever that one was, that was the first time I ever remember seeing them. Mm-hmm. And then shortly thereafter, one of my uh, one of our good friends from high school showed me the album, and I remember going out and buying it like a day or two later. It's still a great album. Oh yeah, but definitely. yeah. So I I remember like that. That was one of the cool things I remember about it is there's like several bands outside of the uh you know pop radio genre that made it on there that i like still listen to to this day because of trl and uh actually like i don't know if you guys have any like particular fond memories of watching the show or anything but um for me not a lot of people know this about me unless like i've uh, talked to you about it in the past or something like that but um, I actually used to get migraines every single day from mm-hmm. like fourth grade through eighth grade. There was just something that was triggering it. And I would get so sick that I would go home and I wouldn't be able to do anything but lay on the couch and do my homework and stuff. And uh, TRL was always on right when I got home. So I'd flip that on. And, you know, if it was a particularly bad day or whatever, I'd have it on low uh, while I was laying there and trying to get over the migraine yeah but uh man i mean that was literally every day after school because i couldn't do anything else because of the migraines thankfully i've since gotten over those but yeah so i i mean i was a big watcher of trl for probably three four years straight uh during that time just because that was like the one thing i enjoyed that was on that i could kind of turn down and listen to and didn't necessarily need to watch it if i wasn't feeling great well, that was one of the two things I wanted to bring up was how big of a deal that was, especially in 98, 99, maybe even up until like 2002. People would literally like run off the bus from from school mm-hmm. and run back home so they could flip the TV on to make sure they didn't miss any of it. Like it was a huge cultural phenomenon. And I think it's kind of kind of interesting how, how history works. Um, because it's very reminiscent of American Bandstand in that way, the, uh, the yeah. old Dick Clark show. And it, it's it's interesting that uh, Dick Clark, other than American Bandstand, was known very much for ringing in the new year. He, he was the New Year's Eve special yeah. guy. And now that's one of Carson Daly's big things is um, after leaving when, Total Request Live, he's now Miss, Mr. New Year. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because they still call it Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve, but yep. I'm sure a lot of the younger generation doesn't even know who Dick Clark is anymore, yeah. which is unfortunate. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up is that they would film these things live in Times Square. Um, it was in a studio above the, the, the main intersection there in Times Square. People used to get tickets to like be in the studio but there'd be hundreds of people standing on the street three or four floors down they can't even see anything but they just the hope of the camera looking down there and maybe seeing them holding a big sign that says like i love nelly or something like that um (laughs) but every year around when colleges would go to spring break they'd always go to like cancun or someplace like that 
Um, and I yeah. remember they would like film the episodes like in the surf, like on the beach, and yep. that was always they'd go really to like cool. Gulf Shores and yep. Miami and yeah, like any any place where there was beaches and people going to hang out and stuff like that, they'd be right down there in the in the thick of it. Oh, you said beaches. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, well, geez. <laughs> So uh, the last thing I was going to talk about with TRL, I was going to try and make this a game, uh, but it looks like we are uh, getting kind of late into the episode. So I'm just going to go through this. So uh, like I mentioned, on November 16th, 2008, they aired their last episode. And as a uh, throwback to it, they decided to do a final TRL top 10, basically the top 10 videos or songs from the 10 years of TRL. Um, And so real quick, I'll just go through them because there's some good ones on here. And there's ones that a couple that I'm actually kind of surprised are on here just because like in particular, those ones never caught me as being the pinnacle of that particular artist Uh uh, career. But uh, we'll, we'll start with number 10 was outcasts. Hey, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Yeah, that does no, make sense. Number number nine was one we already mentioned. Blink one eighty two's. What's my age again? Yep. <laughs> uh, number eight was Usher featuring Lil John for Yeah. Yep. Fair. That makes sense. Yep. Number seven was Beyonce featuring Jay Z for Crazy in Love. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, that was huge for sure. Yeah. Yep. Number six was Bawadaba by Kid Rock. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> right. Okay, <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. That I was, mean, that was a. It, yeah. it was a pretty revolutionary song at the time because it was you know rap rock before uh, Lincoln Park and all of uh, you know Limp Bizkit and all of those other bands made new metal. Uh, real big so it was kind of new at the time and it's so Uh, interesting i'm sure that he's a topic in the uh in the hopper for sure but it's uh, very interesting how he was kind of this rap rock guy and now he does like country yeah like yeah Yeah. like country rock like southern rock being from downriver detroit it's it's just interesting that that whole that whole thing has never uh like the irony of that has never been lost on me because Back during this time, like there were parent groups that were fighting to get him banned and all this group because of his rap rock. And then now a lot of the you know people from the older generation like him because he's playing that country rock and stuff like that. It's kind of funny that they've embraced him all of a sudden. Yeah, well, he's he's kind of become a uh, um, uh, kind of like Ted a Ted. I was just gonna say kind of like a Ted Nugent, <laughs> a, a very yeah. very. Uh, that's true. Conservative rocker uh, in a typically fairly liberal space, as far as you know, mm-hmm. rock music is, is a little bit more left leaning than uh, that's the country true. normally is. So, um, yeah, interesting transition over time for sure. Uh, anyway, yeah. number are we on seven now? Uh, number five. Oh, number five oh, is oh Christina Aguilera's "Dirty," which that really? one actually surprised me because I thought she had a lot better songs that were on there, like looking at the list of songs that charted for Oh, yeah. It. But yeah, that one was apparently her her top one, according to TRL. I'm surprised it wasn't uh, like Moulin Rouge or, uh, yeah. or uh, Genie in a Bottle. 
That's interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah, those were her kind of two big ones during that time. But yeah, Dirty was the one. And I remember that being a popular song at the time. I just never thought that was her most popular song. But yeah, yeah. I guess so. And then uh, number four was Sync's Bye Bye Bye. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, number yep. three was Backstreet Boys' I Want It That Way. So uh, the Backstreet Boys did win the war. <laughs> yes, yes. So number two was Eminem's The Real Slim Shady, which that one was super popular during yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, w- when it first came I still out. remember where I was when I got the joke. <laughs> I won't go into it any further than that, but I remember the day I got the joke. <laughs> and then uh, does anybody want to take a guess? Because uh, we've talked about this artist and probably the song already today. Does anybody want to take a guess at the final TRL top 10 number one of all time? Corn? No. Nope. I'm going to say it's Tommy Lee's band Methods of Mayhem get naked (laughs) (laughs) yes you are so correct brian uh no it's it's unsurprisingly here just because of how many weeks it spent on the top list is britney spears's baby one more time yep that makes sense Uh, yeah that i mean that one like legitimately spent like probably close to a month or two on the top uh, you know on the number one as far as how many times it made it into the top 10 each week right Um, right it was unbelievable that makes sense because i mean that was always britney spears in general is one of those artists where back in when she was popular we were all like when we were around each other like oh i don't listen to that that's radio rock it's pointless and then as soon as nobody was home you were belting it as loud as you possibly could (laughs) kind of like how uh like back in elementary school i would listen to like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and all that. And the quote-unquote cool guys from our class would always bash them and talk about how crappy their music was and stuff like that. And then guess who was singing their songs at the top of their lungs at our senior prom? Right. Exactly. Right. (laughs) I was like, huh, I remember you making fun of me for knowing that song. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, uh, that that should uh, wrap us up for Total Request Live. Awesome. Um, cool. That so, may warrant a part two someday. Yeah, oh. we really might need to get into that again just because well, there's so much more we could talk about. But Well, I we, think each of those artists probably are a topic. And I think even each of those songs or music videos could potentially be a topic. Like I, I, Oh, yeah. One of my favorite songs from that era that I really think should have been a heavy metal song instead of a pop song was Ricky Martin's Livin' La Vida Loca. I mean... <laughs> The music video, he's driving a car on two wheels. The lyrics about superstitions, black cats, and voodoo dolls. Like, I mean, it, it, it really would lend itself well to... Uh, I Ryan, don't you just gave me an amazing idea. The next time <laughs> we're together, we're turning this into a metal song. <laughs> it's it's got to be done. It's got to be Living done. Living La Vida Metal. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, we, we've come to that special time, folks, where we visit the Hopper of Imagination and find out what we each will discuss next week. And we'd like to remind all of our listeners that if there's a topic you'd like you'd like to hear us discuss, you can submit those topics on our website at www.datingourselvespodcast.com. Yes, yes. Awesome. Slow clap. <laughs> all right, so let's oh. give this thing a spin. 
Uh, the first. <laughs> yeah. Get to the hopper. <laughs> get down. Get in the hopper. Uh, the first one is going to be Tailspin TV show. One, two, three. Did. Yes. Oh, all right. Paul is doing Tailspin. All right, great. The next one is Allowance Shared Life Experience. One, two, three. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take that. Allowance sounds fun. Wasn't there a Doug song about that? Wasn't that a song by the Beats? By the Beats. Yo, yeah. Yo, I'm talking to you. I love the Beats, man. They're the best. <laughs> oh, seriously. The next topic uh, is Killer Tofu. Oh yeah, yeah. Where's my sock? <laughs> um, Garfield book comics. One, two, three. I'll take dibs on that. All right. Adam will get Garfield. Cool. And then the last topic will be um, shut down for another time. So, wonderful. Shut that, you down. That's right. Tack it up, tack it up, baby. Um, that's our show, folks. Thanks for joining us on Dating Ourselves. And if you like what you heard, there's more to come. Check us out at www.datingourselves.com podcast.com sorry i had a brain fart there uh <laughs> to learn more about us and the show check out our contact us page if you'd like to submit your own nostalgic topics or you can send us submissions at dating ourselves podcast at aol.com you can also check us out on facebook at www.facebook.com slash dating ourselves podcast if you're on instagram you can find us at dating ourselves podcast and we also have a Twitter account now, so check us out at Dated Podcast. And remember, if you're too old for Snapchat and too young for Life Alert, you've just been dated. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.